0: This week's parasha is Parashas Vayishlach. The pasuk says in Perak Lamed Hei, pasachachach, Vayatzev Yaakov Matseva Al Kvurasa, He Matzeves kvuras Rachel Ad This is a pasuk that's talking about when Rachel Imenu dies. And she was not buried as were the other Ovis and Himais in Marissa Machpelah, but rather, she was buried on the roadside, on the way to Beis Lechem, what we commonly refer to today as Kever Rachel. And the pasuk says that Yaakov set up a matseva al kvurasa. He made a uh, a monument, a uh, a stone perhaps on her mukam kvura, a headstone, and it's matseves kvuras Rachel al hayam up until today, says the Pasuk, meaning even till Hayyam, it's a matzebes Kvuras Rachel, it's the place that Rachel is buried. So first of all, we have to just mention a Vilna Gain on this Pasuk. Rabbeinu Agra says that what the Pasuk means is mm-hmm. that generally speaking when you go and you see uh, you go to a cemetery and you see people's matsevis, so quite often there's a lot of writing on it, or at least a little writing on it, and it basically describes who the person was, what the person did, uh, the accomplishments of the person, what was meaningful in the person's life, the day that uh, the person died and uh and the, the type of Leviah, perhaps, that the person had. They gave him a lot of Kavit. Sometimes it says, because we're afraid that, you know, maybe now the children, the grandchildren, know who this person is, but in 100 years from now, in 200 years from now, people are going to come back to the cemetery, and they're not going to know who this person is. So you want to give a little bit of description about who is buried here. The Vilna says that when it comes to Rachel Imenu, Rachel Imenu was such a tzaddikas... And she was so well known for all of her tzidkus and what she did in her life that all of those words that would naturally appear on, a, on an epitaph were completely unnecessary. So all it says on the grave of Rachel Imenu is that it's matzeves kvuras Rachel. All you have to say when it comes to Rachel Imenu is and it's true, even at Ayim, there's that famous sign by Keva Rachel, all it says is Kevah Rachel. That's all you need to say. There's no description of who she was and what she accomplished and what she did and who her children Everybody knows. Nobody, all you have to say is the word Rachel, and that basically sums up her entirety. Everything that you need to know is found in the word Kevah Rachel. And that's what he says. You know what the matseva of Rachel was? He Kivras Rachel. The fact that it's Kivras Rachel, that's all you need to say. Rachel is so emblazoned in the hearts and the minds of Klal Yisrael that more than, say, more than that is unnecessary. Sometimes the simpler the tombstone, the more hush of it is. You know, if you go to Bnei Brak, and you visit Rav Steinemann's kever. Rav Steinemann was uh, the god of He was Nifter a few years ago. And he writes in his Savah, he writes, I don't want anything written on my matzeva. And they, they took that literally. Sometimes, you know, you get paiskim to override when Gedelem says something. If you look at Rav Steinemann's kever, it's mamish like came out a blank matzeva. His whole headstone is like empty and it just says his name and maybe the day that he was... It didn't say what he did. He didn't say it was the Gadol Adar. It didn't say his svarim that he wrote. It didn't say the thousands of Talmidim that he had and the Yerushamayim that he instilled in Kal Yisrael and the Musr and the Adrocha and the, and the Machshavah. It doesn't say anything. It just says his name and then it's all blank and then there's like the date that he died on the bottom. It's an amazing Musr just to see that. That was from his Gaidolah Nevas, He was so humble, but... Rachli meno didn't even. Rachli meno. The Pasig is saying. Says the Volna that you just have to say keverachal, and that sums up. That's the entirety. Of that it's all we need to know. More than that, you don't. If you say words, sometimes it cheapens it. It says it makes it less, because Rachli meno and Bifrat keverachal holds a very special place in Klal Yisrael's cumulative heart. I was wondering, I actually saw this question, Rav Schwab asks it in a sefer, why it calls it Matzeves Kivuras Rachel. It should have said that it's Kever Rachel. We all know it as being Kever Rachel, The pasuk doesn't say that it's called Kever rahel. The Pesach says that it's called, it's Matzeves, it's the Matzeva of Kivuras Rachel, the burial of Rachel. Why isn't it called Kevarachal? So what I wanted to suggest was the following: There's a difference between a kever and a kfuras in diktuk. Kever means this is a place of burial. It's a kever. Somebody is buried. You go to a cemetery. It's the base hakvaras. There's a kever. Somebody's buried there. This is that person's kever. That person was buried. This person buried in 1993. This person buried in 2004. And that's their burial plot. That's where they were buried. There's something else called a kvuras. Kvuras in Dikduk means it's not a kever. It's not that it was this was the place of burial, but rather it's a perpetual place of burial. Kvuras. It's like as if every moment there's another burial taking place here. It's it's not a loshen ovar. It's not kever Rachel. It's not the place that she was buried. It's Kavuras Rachel. It's the place that she is buried. She is constantly, perpetually establishing a, a burial spot right here. Now what's the Nafkamina? What difference does it make? Is there a difference between if something is a place that she was buried versus a place that she is being buried? And I think there's a big Nafkamina. The Nafkamina would be, let's say a person would... Um, for some reason, need to be reinterred. Let's say a person would, for some reason, need to be moved. For example, uh, the Vilna Gain was buried in, in, in a base in Vilna or near Vilna, and then at one point the, the government uh, said that you have to, uh, uh, that we're, we're building a, a building, we're building apartments or something in the, in the place of this cemetery. So it's a big problem. What do you do? How do you, the Vilna is buried there, and now the government is saying, we'll give you, a, you know, a couple of months, we've got to reinter uh, whoever you want to. Now, they couldn't reinter the entire cemetery, but the Vilna and a few other people uh, next to the Vilna the Geretsedek of Vilna, the Vilna Gain's family, they were, they were moved to a different cemetery. And today you can go to a different cemetery somewhere near Vilna, and, and you'll find that's the place of the Kever of the Vilna Gain. So what did they do? How did they go about this? How do you move the Vilna Gain? So it was a very big deal. They had to find people that were uh, Roy to move him, and they had to, of course, David and go to the mikveh, They had to be very holy people, and they, they, they moved the Gain's Kever to a different place, and it's said that even though the Gain was buried over 100 years before that, maybe more, but when they opened up his grave his body looked as fresh as, as if he was just buried. They said his beard was full, his cheeks were rosy red. That's what, the, that's what eyewitnesses that were there uh, said about the Vilna. Over a hundred years being buried in, in the ground in Vilna, and a hundred years later, maybe more, the Vilna guy's body... Was still as fresh as the day it was born because that's what a tzaddik does not decompose. A tzaddik's body is holy, just like his neshama is holy, and it's mashbia on his guf and so the guf is not is not uh, subject to the normal uh, the normal um, process of de- de- decaying and decomposing as normally. A body is, but the point is that sometimes you have to reinter people. It it happens in in life. Sometimes a person's buried in Europe, and I don't want my uh, grandfather to be buried in Europe. I want to bring him to Israel, or the whole family is moving to Israel. They want their they want their father to be buried. It happens. You have to get a psak halacha to allow it. It's not always so Pasha, But there are times that there's no choice but to move a body. If a place is a kever. Then you could do that. There are heterim and alocha to move a kever. But let's say something is a kfuras makam, which means that every second there's a new chaloy shame kever, that every second the body is like, is, is, the body is perpetually in a state of re being buried in this place. You can't move it. There's a, there's a reason why it's here. It's not that because historically it had to be buried here. There's a, for, there's a reason that it constantly deserves and needs to be exactly in this place. That's Kivuras. Kivuras means it wasn't an accident. It wasn't Bideved. There's a reason for Rachel Imenu being buried in this plot and we need her to stay in that specific place. It can't be moved. And I think that's what's going on with Kavarachal. That's why the pasuk says that it's Matseves Kvuras Rachel And in case you're wondering, why would I say that, and where am I getting this from? It's actually a Pesikta Rabasi, one of the Medrashim. And listen to the Lushan of the Medrash. Yisef, as we know, was very upset. He was upset with Yaakov Avino, He was so upset that his mother, Rachel Imenu, was buried on a roadside. Look, at, Yosef was, uh, was not only the tzaddik Adar, Yosef was the king of Egypt, the viceroy of Egypt. Doesn't pass. Uh, Rachel Imenu was a tzaddik Adar. He always felt that it was wrong, that she didn't deserve, doesn't she deserve like a chasheva? Place somewhere like a Maris a place that Clay Yisrael can go. It's our land. It's our place. It's our building. It's our amukum, a permanent muckham. Why does my mother have to be buried on the side of a road? Like, uh, you know, who does that? You're being, you're burying her on the side of the road. Like, what's going on with that? And Yisav had big tainus against Yaakov Avinu for doing that. I thought you loved my mother. How could you bury her on the side of the road? So Yaseh says to his father, this is like later on in Mitzrayim, towards the end of uh, Yaakovina's life, You give me the word, said Yaseh. I have the power. I could just give me the word and I'll be able to go and reinter her. I could move her somewhere else. Just tell me that I could do it and then I'll have... He has He has many shluchim, Yasef. He, he was the head of Egypt. He could easily hire or send his servants, send his... Uh, Emissaries to go and, and dig wow. up Rachel Imenu and rebury her somewhere else. Just tell me and I'll do it. Amr Lah Yaakov. Yaakov says to him, I'm sorry, my son, I know that you're really upset about this, but you're not able to. When I buried her there, it was Al Piyadibar. It wasn't accidental, it wasn't because she died here, so I have to bury her here. It was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted this. I also many times thought about reinterring her somewhere else. V'lai hinichani HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem did not permit me to. HaKadosh Baruch Hu insisted that she stay in exactly that place. Sh'nei me'er v'ekberei And I buried her there. Ma'hu sham Alpi Sham means Alpi V'lama, why not, HaKadosh Baruch Hu want her to be buried on the side of a road in Beis Lechem? Why not a more permanent place? HaRazesim, HaMenuchais, Kavara, Marasamach Peila, something more substantial, something a real mukim of Kvura. SheGoloi Vitsopoi Lefana because it's revealed before Hashem. SheSayif Beis Hamiktash Aslechar if the Beis Hamiktash was going to be destroyed. Ubana Vassid and Latzitz The children, Klal Yisrael, were going to be marched out of Yerushalayim, going into Gaulas. On their way out, they went to Maras Machpelah and Hebron, and they begged by the Kivre Aves, they begged by Avram, and by Yitzchak, and by Yaakov, please stop this Gezer, we don't want to be evicted from Eretz Yisrael. The Aves. And the Imayis that were buried in Maros Machpelah were not able to accomplish what they wanted from them. The Kivan, Shem Hochem, and, and now they were on their way out of Chevron, of and right on the road out of Hevron, We know not, not too far from Hevron is, is Beis Lechem, is, uh, is Kevarachel. So heim bo'en um k'furas rachel. They went and they started hugging and embracing the k'furas rachel. Vehi I medesu meva keshes racham and she stood, and she asked mercy from Hashem. Vai meres l'fanav. And she said before him, "Rabbi Nechalolam, Shema b'kel b'chiyasi. Listen to my cries. V'rachem al banai and have pity, have compassion on my children. Miara Akadish Baruch. Shemei b'kel And immediately Akadish heard her cries, her voice." Minayin. How do you know that? Sheken kosev, because the famous words of the Navi in Yirmiyahu. Bechid Tamrurim, Rachel al Banah, How many songs have been made about this song about Rachel al Banah? That there is a cry, a bitter wailing cry that's coming from Rachel imenu. She's crying over her sons. Vekasev. And there it says v'yesh tikvah acharisach n'amashem v'shabu ban l'gvulam that there's going to be hope. I'm giving you hope. Imenu, your tears are not in vain. Your tears are, are not for naught. I will listen to those tears. Right now they have to go into Golas. But don't cry so much. I'm going to take care of them and I guarantee you, Imenu, what the other Abbas and the Imais were not able to do, you have accomplished with your tears. The Shavu... Bonim le-gvulam, and they will return to their boundaries. Your children from, from dispersion into Golas will someday be returned. And that's in Rachel Imenu's Chos. What we see from this Chazal is that Rachel Imenu was not buried in a place historically. This is where she was buried. Sometimes we go to a place, All right, this is where a person dies, and that's where he was buried. Rachel Imena wasn't buried there and this is her kever. This is where historically and this in this year and this in this day she died and this is where she was buried so we just left her there. We could theoretically move a body from a kever but if it's Kfuras Rachel if there is a reason that she's there specifically then you can never move her. Yosef wanted to move her Yaakovina wanted to move HaKadosh Baruch Hu says no she's there and the, it's a Kfuras it's a place that she has to perpetually remain because there's a purpose for her being specifically there this is the place that the children will go and cry on their way out of Golis pleading with her to plead with HaKadosh Baruch to have compassion when we're on our way out when we're in Gaulus, and to guarantee that we'll be able to come back the This is the role of Rachel Imenu, That Rachel spot specifically there was a place that Klal Yisrael always goes to cry, to plead, to end the gallas. And she is continuously also davening on, on for her part that we should be freed, we should be rescued, we should be redeemed. And so this is a specific makam of kedusha that it's a kvuras rachalat ayam told today we need her there. This is a place of very prime piece of real estate, if you will, that Kal Yisrael knows exactly where to go when we need our tefillahs answered. HaKadosh ha- Baruch Hu wants her right there. It's a K'furas Rachel, it's in Lashen Haive. This is where she belongs. And this is, till today, K'furas Rachel, Kevra is a place of tremendous importance. And I think that anyone that has a, a feel... A, a Yiddish heart, a, a Jewish heart, a Jewish soul, and they go to Kever There's always that special emotional attachment in Kever It's a place that has very, very. Uh, it, it's 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 very powerful. It tugs at your heartstrings because you understand that this is inherently Mama Rachel. This is where our mother Rachel Imenu was buried. Rachel Imenu, who, who was such a, a perfect tzaddikess, who as we've spoken about in the past, she was able to give up. The simonim to her sister uh, because she didn't want her sister to be embarrassed, and by doing so, she gave up so much of her own destiny. Most of the children came from Leia, Six out of the twelve shiftei kav came from Leah, and from the shvaches, from the from and and then and she was zayicha to two children, but all because she had such a heart and she cared so much and she was so sensitive to 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 her sister who. Who needed a shidduch and who want. And this is a place that you go if you need Yeshua's, if you need. Because there's an understanding that Rachel, with her sensitivity, with her Bechri, and with her heart, is able to be pile Yeshua's for Klal Yisrael. It's quoted from the, from the Gra himself, from the Vilna Gain. He writes in his Pirish to Zayar the following words Iker Hashraz Hashchina Biyamaynu, he bekeva Rachel the main place of Ashras HaShchina today in the world, if someone were to ask me, like, where is the main place of Ashras HaShchina in the world today, I'd say, you know, everybody would say the Kaiso. That's the place that HaKadosh Baruch it's mamish right by the of HaMikdash, it's the place that Chazal say, Lo'izaz HaShchina MiKaisal Ma'aravi, that Shchina never departed from the Kaisal Ma'aravi. That's the, but the the Gain who is a little bit more, uh, who knew, you know, he had a, a very keen sense of where the Shchina was, he says that the main place, perhaps more than the Kaisel, is in Kavarachal. Kavarachal is where the Shechina resides, Kavarachal, today. The, the Briskarov says, HaMakim SheNikva BaTaira KaMakim The only place, the main place that's Nikva on the Taira is a Makim Tfilah. The Taira seems to imply is the main Makim Tfilah is Kavarachal. Kevr is a place of enormous importance for Klal Yisrael. And it's a place that people know this is where you go to Davin. If you need something, if you need a bakasha and you want to, you want to, you need a Yeshua, you need a pork and you need some sort of salvation, Kevarachal, the Mokim, the Matzeves Kvuras Rachel is Ad hayayim. it's the place to go to, uh, to get Yeshua's. There's a famous story that's told about Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim Shmulevitz who was of course the Rashiva of the Mir in Yerushalayim and Reb Chaim had a tremendously sensitive heart. He would always get choked up no matter, whenever he'd give a shmuz on certain things he would, he would relate like to the imais, he'd relate to the abbas he'd relate, relate to figures in Tanakh on a personal level. And he would start crying and bawling. He was extremely sensitive. And he would go very often to, uh, to certain uh, kivrit Tzadikim. I mean, the famous story with Reb Chaim is that he used to go on Erev Yom Kippur to, uh, to Yad Avshalom, which is a very unusual place to go. Avshalom, of course, was the son of David HaMelech who, who rebelled against David HaMelech. He made an attempted coup against David HaMelech. And uh, and it's not, a, I guess it's not the most visited spot. You know, I don't know if they're giving tours of Yadav Shalom, you know, on the way after Maris Machpelik I don't know any buses that then go to Yadav Shalom. But Reb Chaim went to Yadav Shalom, to David an Arab Yom Kippur. And they asked him, why of all places would you go to Yadav Shalom? So he said, because David on we find after Av Shalom died. So. David HaMelech pulled him out of Gehenna with his Tfilas. The Chazal say, I think, by the Shiramalis, every time he would say another Shamach, he would be pulling him out of another level of, of Gehenna until finally he was completely out of Gehenna. He says, because the compassion that a father has for a son, even a son that rebels, and you think, okay, write him off. He is not my son. I'm disowning him. Even a son that rebels, you see that David HaMelech had compassion on because it's my son. So I go to Yadav Shalom to remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu that maybe we have rebelled, we're your sons, and maybe we have, we've been chaytim this year, we have done things that were against you, we've, we've been mutinous, we've been rebellious, but at the end of the day, we're your sons. And just like Dov and HaMelech cared so much for Avshalom, and he pulled him out of Gehenna, I'm coming to Yad Shalom to remind you that, don't forget about us, don't write us off, have, be compa- have meichel us, forgive us, atone for us. But when he would go to Kev and he'd have a whole list of chaylem, and people that needed shidduchim, people that were nitzrochem, he would start crying already in the van, in the car, on the way to Kevarachel. And when he would actually be running out of the car to come to Kev after they parked the car, he would already start crying, and he'd say, Mama, Chayim is da, which means, Mother, Chayim, your Chayim is here. He treated Rachel Yemenu like his mother. And then he would say, as he was davening, he'd say, Mama, keep crying, cry. He says, I know that you were told by Hashem, Min e mi bechi, to stop crying. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells her in, that, in those psukim in Yermio, Lamad Beis, that. Mini kailach means stop, refrain your, restrain yourself from crying. I hear what you're saying and I'm going to listen to you, but stop crying. He says, I know that you were told, but I'm telling you to cry because we call Yisrael needs so much Yeshua. And afterwards, they, uh, they asked uh Reb Chaim, how could you go against what the Rabban Islam said? The Rabban Islam says, how do you go and say that you should cry when Hashem said to you not to cry, to her not to cry? So he answered a classic answer. He says, He says, A father can tell a daughter to stop crying. He could plead with her, Min mi bechi. But a son could ask his mother to cry. A son has a kayak to tell his mother, Please, Mama, you have to cry for me. A father can tell his daughter, can plead with a daughter to stop crying. A father can't take it when a daughter's crying. But a son sometimes needs a mother to cry. I'll tell you a beautiful story. You know, in Lakewood, in Basmanesh Kavaya, there is a uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people that are learning and uh, there's something called a Chavrusa tumult. Sometimes if you if you buy certain papers like the Atad, they have always pictures before the newsman. Or at the beginning of the newsman, they have pictures in Lakewood of the Chavrusa Tumel, like an aerial view of hundreds, maybe thousands of, of guys you know, outside of the building in Lakewood, outside of one of the many Bati Medrash in Lakewood. And they're all like congregating. There's a big Tumel going. It's called the Chavrusa Tumel, very famous. And what it basically is, it's basically a, 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 you, you need chavrusas. You need a first day of second day of a night day of and uh, after night day of Shabbos. Yeah, whenever you need chavrusas. So this is like a market. It's like a shuk for chavrusas. So there are people going around. Do you have a first day of No, I need one. Okay, I know Chaim uh, Chaim needs one too, and you shot them together. And 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 and, and there was one guy in yeshiva who is not the best guy in Lakewood, believe it or not. Even though when it comes to Shidduchim, everyone's the best guy in Lakewood. But there was one guy who was, you know, he was a nice guy and he tried, but he wasn't in any way the best guy in Lakewood. But yet he always was able to get amazing Chavrusas. He was always able to get first Seder like the best guy, and second Seder the best guy, and ninth Seder the best. He always like pulled off like a hat trick of like amazing, the best Chavrusas. And they didn't know there was one guy that always like was curious to him, like, why is this guy always always batting a thousand with chavrusas? He couldn't understand it. So he followed him by you know the day of the chavrusas. He had his chavrusas, I guess, taken care of, and then he just like he just like was like spying on this guy from afar. Like, what's he doing special? How is he always pulling off getting such chasheva chavrusas? So anyway, he he went, he just like walked out into the open market there and he got the best guy, one guy came over to him, Are you looking for a first aid yeah? Okay, this guy's available, the best guy is available. First at second say a night said, boom 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 and he's taken care of it. like in ten minutes he was all he was good and he Mammuch had the best Ravrusas arranged. So it's so strange. How is he doing this? And then he continued following him. He went into the building. He went into the Medrash building. This is before the days of cell phones and it was and and in the olden days they used to have something called a payphone. Payphone is a place like it's attached to the wall like a phone, and you would put like a quarter in or a dime even uh, in the earlier days. And uh, and you you call based on that, you know, you call if it's a local number, you call if you can make a collect call. It was basically... and then there were phone booths. Uh, you know, like little booths that you open up the door and you go in. I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. So. He went downstairs. This bacher that, that like just cleaned up his chavrusas like one two three, and this other boy was like following him. And he goes into one of the payphones, and he puts a puts a dime in the in the payphone. He makes a call, and he says, "Ma, you could put your tillum down. I got my chavrusas." Sometimes you know a mother is able to accomplish a tremendous amount for a child. You could tell your mother to cry, to daven for you. I need something, and when a person is able to do that, that gives them the ability to accomplish great things. When we go to kever it's not just another another person that you go, another tzaddik's kever. There are many tzaddikim you could go to, many tzidkaniyot that you could go to, but there's really one primary address that you can go and ask your mother to cry for you and ask your mother to plead in Shamayim on your behalf and that's Kavarachal. Kavarachal is like the briskerov said, it's a place that's miyuchad for tefillah. It's a place that you go and you daven and the Shari Shamaim are psuchas to you. Something that I miss very much. You know, during COVID I haven't been able you know, to be back in Eretz Yisrael for a number of years now and uh, and there are many things that I miss about Eretz Yisrael. Just walking the streets of your Yerushalayim I miss. But one of the greatest experiences every single time is to go to Keverachel. There's always so much. There's so much electricity there. There's so much power in that room. I'll tell you another story about Keverachel. There was a great tzaddik that his name was Reb David Lelover. He was the Lelover Rebbe, um, and he was a tremendous. Everybody knows Reb David Lelover. Uh, David Lelover was like a like on, on off-the-chart Stadek, and he used to go to Kevr This was back in the time when Kevr was not what it is today. T- today, first of all, they built a whole fortress around Kevr and there's, you know, the buses are protected to get in there, and there's walls that the Arabs, the, all the Arab villages around it don't see, like when the buses are coming in and out. They built an entire, as you know, but the, uh, in the olden days, and I remember this well, it was just an exposed... Little uh domed building on on the side of the road, exactly as you you'd see in the old pictures of kavauchhel and there was uh and you just go in there, uh, surrounded by Arabs on all sides, and you just go in there and it was a it was a it was a, it was a trek they didn't have buses going there, and uh you know they had to either walk there or take a camel there or whatever it was like this is talking about maybe a hundred hundred twenty years ago, Sir so Abd Ollliver makes the trip you know, as he did quite frequently to Keverachal, And finally he arrives there and he's getting ready to daven there and he, with all of his kedusha and all of his machshavos and all of his Tara. And all of a sudden, like, he can't help but, like, see that there is a woman also in Keverachal. They didn't have a mechitza then, I guess. It was just all, just one room. And this woman was a mother of many children and all the children were there with her in Keverachal and she takes like a picnic blanket and she spreads it out on the floor of Kevrachal and the kids are all sitting there around the, around the edges of the blanket and she starts taking out like a basket and she starts giving them milk and then cookies and, and, and uh, pita, whatever was it she was that she was feeding them. And like in the middle of Kevrachal, in this holy room of Kevrachal, that's where she was feeding her children. And Rabbi David Leliver like was a little disturbed by this and he was like, this is not a place, this isn't a picnic grounds, this is, this is Keberach, this is a place of tremendous importance. Like, maybe go outside, and he like, he came over to her and said like, you know, I'm sorry to have to say this, but like, it's really, you know, this is not a, this is not a lunch area, this is a place that we dive in, this is a place of tremendous kedusha. And so this woman was very sincere, and she looks at him and she says, with all due respect, she said, I think that Rachel Imenu would disagree with you. She said, I think our Mama Rachel would be pleased that we are eating and resting here. Meaning, if you're looking at it as a makim of Kivrit Sadikim, you're right. You wouldn't go on Har Menucha to Ramesha Feinstein's cavern and start having lunch there. But Kevarachel is different. Kevarachel is, is a place that Mama Rachel is buried. This is our mother's. This is the tomb of our mother. And as a mother, a mother cares about a child. A mother cries for a child. A mother is happy if a child is well fed. A, chi- a mother is happy if a child is well rested. So what rules apply to all other Kvaras does not apply. This is a kvaras This is a place, a special place, a different place. It's a place that we go to tap into the motherhood of rachal imenu, the compassion of rachal imenu. And when this woman told this to Rabbi David he was so moved and he was so taken that he made it his minig from then on, every time he would come to Kavar Rachel, he would bring food and he would give out food to all the people that were in Rachel, in Rachel, in the Kavar itself, because he so understood how right this woman was and how wrong he was. This is what Racheli wants. Racheli is our mother. She wants, she gets nachas seeing you know, that a child is cared for, a child is eating properly, a child is sleeping properly. That's what gives a mother nachas. So, this is a very special place. Kevrachah is a very, very special place uh, without any doubt. I just want to end that there's another special thing that that is found in Kevr Rachel, and it's something that's much more recent history. In 2003, I believe it was, during those years, the early 2000s, it was a very, very difficult time in Eretz Yisrael. Um, there was a very, uh, there, there was constant bombings, terrorist bombings, until uh, Baruch Hashem, we had a Yeshua, um, you know, as of late there are still constant stabbings, uh, just the other day there was a stabbing in, in, in the old city, and uh, constant, there's, there's always attempts, but Baruch Hashem, they've been held at bay for the better part of the last, I would say, you know, maybe 15 years, but before that it was almost a daily occurrence that there was terrible, terrible bombings of buses. You, 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 you could see, you know, bombed-out buses with, uh, you know, dozens of deaths and casualties. All out, all throughout Eretz Yisrael. I was just speaking to my son who's learning in Yisrael. He's staying uh, in the yeshiva. Took him the Shabbos to uh, to a hotel in Netanya. I said, well, which hotel are you staying? He says, remember, in, in, uh, remember there was a bombing about 20 years ago in a hotel on Pesach night, Seder night, there was a, a bombing, Bishasa Seder, an Arab terrorist, came into a hotel and blew himself up and killed many, many people on Seder night. It was a terrible, terrible... Anyway, that hotel they, they rebuilt and uh, that's, where, uh, that's where they're staying, the Shabbos, in that very hotel. It was not uncommon. There was constant terrorist bombings of buses, of restaurants, of pizza stores, and, and it, was, it was horrific. One of the most terrible, terrible incidents took place in, in Yerushalayim, and part of Yerushalayim is uh, called the German colony. And in the German colony there was a cafe called the Hillel Cafe, it was on Rechov Hillel. And there was a, uh, a father and a daughter that were eating in this cafe that night. Now, this was a uh, a very uh, a very very tragic tragic story. Whoever gets killed, of course, it's very tragic. But this was especially tragic because this girl was uh, her name was Nava Applebaum, and she was getting married the next day. The next day was her chasana, and her father was uh, Dr. David Applebaum. And he was a very special Yid, he was a very close Talmud of Revarin Soloveitchik. Uh, he was from, uh, he learned in Chicago for a long time. Uh, he was a doctor, and he, he happened to have been a, a doctor that founded a, an organization called Terim, which was like a network of clinics that specifically dealt with, with dealing with the aftermath of terrorist bombings. Whenever there was a terrorist bombings, the, these people would be there on the scene immediately, and they would do triage and they would try to help, you know, the victims as best they could and bring them to into their clinics. And it was he, he set up a tremendous system of uh, just dealing with this with this terrible spate of terrorist bombings in Israel. And the night before his daughter's wedding, he told his daughter, "I wanna, I wanna, you know, go out with you." I want to spend the night before your chasna together with you. I want to schmooze with you. Let's go to a local cafe and we'll talk and we'll, you know, I'll tell you advice and I'll tell you how much I love you, how much, you know, how proud I am of you. Something that, like, resonates And with all of us, especially if you have a daughter. And they were sitting there, they were enjoying each other's company and then they got up and they were about to leave and they got a phone call from somebody in their family, a member of their family who asked they wanted something from the restaurant, if they could bring them home something from the cafe. And just then, there was a tremendous explosion. So they heard on the phone, the family heard on the phone the explosion, and they immediately ran to the cafe and there was a a, an Arab terrorist blew himself up at the entranceway into this uh, cafe and it was a horrific scene of carnage and they were rushed to they rushed everybody to a hospital and the family went there and and the family the wife of dr applebaum happened to have been you know looking all over the hospital to see like it, you know is her husband there is her daughter there what's going on and the doctors recognized her and says where's david where's your husband so we need him this is you know she said i don't know i'm looking for him they need they they needed him be, to be a doctor to be on call you know to help with the victims because that's what he always did little did they know that he was a victim himself and you know they figured that out fairly quickly and they went to the, his wife and she said which one They she saw that they were had something terrible to tell her but they she never fathomed that it could be both her husband and her daughter and sure enough it was and so there was a a huge leviathan you know, burying a kala on, on the day of her chuppah—it's like mamisha. You know, it sounds like a chazal from Maseches Gittin, like something that might have happened during the time of the Churban Bayisheni, but this happened in our lifetime, and it was a, it was a tragic day. Now, so Nava had a, a wedding gown, a wedding dress that you know she rented for the day of her chuppah. And one of her mother's friends, one of her one of the Kala's friend's mother, she was like a, a curator in a museum, I think, and she knew that historically there have been people that died al Kiddush Hashem and, and their clothing was made into Praichasin. And to is like the curtain in front of the Arana And she suggested very delicately to the mother that maybe it would be appropriate. To somehow take that wedding gown and to make it into a uh, into a into a because this is has it has been done historically. It's such a you know it's such a sad tragic story that that it'll inspire a lot of people to cry and to daven well. And there's a long story we're not going to go into. But basically, you know, they found a woman, a koyla wife, who was very uh, she was a seamstress. She supported her husband in learning and. And they they used her services to to fashion this wedding gown into a beautiful parejas. And then they said, Where should we hang this parejas? And it was decided that the perfect place to hang it was in Kavarachal. Because Kavarachal is a place, like I said, it's of such emotional uh importance that it, it just belonged there. It was just a natural habitat. It was the perfect place to hang this originally it was hanging as a parejas. In, in Cavarajo, but over the course of time, people were touching it it was getting frayed and they wanted to protect it for ladys so Today, if you go to Cavaraal you 'll see it 's sort of in the women 's section, so you have to like uh, look when no one 's looking at you but there is a uh, there is a behind behind like lucite or or, or glass is this is this a white pares that was you know with a with a sign indicating exactly where it was from and the tragic circumstances that it was made uh but it's a place that really speaks to the diris it's a, it's a place that it, it just adds one more layer of intensity to the tfilos when you go to Kevarachal, when you're trying to <speaking in> bimishtatah khavre <Hebrew> when you're trying to prostrate yourself um prostrate yourself before a kever, to cry and to, and to sob and to, and, to, and, to, and to plead that Rachel Emeinu, this chus of Rachel should be medes for us, that she should stand in good stead for us, as she has always done for Kal Yisrael throughout the day race. And it's a, it's a place that we miss greatly. It's a place that when we will be zaycha to go back to Yisrael, it should be one of the first stops that we make. Is to to cry by Kever to daven for all of our personal needs for all of Klal Yisrael's many many needs and Emet Hashem the ultimate need that we have which will answer all of our requests and all of our shortcomings is of course Vishavu Banim Levulam that Baruch Hu should listen to the never ending bechi of Rachel Imenu, that and, and answer us that all of our children, all of, all of Klal Yisrael should once again be returned to their boundaries. We should all be zeichet to kibbutz golias, to Mashiach's arrival. May it be soon. May it be in our time. Amen, amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos. After, after, after I was boy, I was in the class. Was yeah. the class. ahead of me. Yeah.